0: Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. In today's episode, I want to cover the eight essential tips that you need to build a property business whilst still in a full-time job. I meet a lot of people and they say, I don't want to be a full-time property investor. I like my job. I want to stay in my job. But how can I build my property business while in my job? I also meet people who do want to get out of their jobs, but they think that they cannot build a property business because they don't have the time To build that business. So, whether you want to stay in your job or get out of your job, if you are currently in a full time job and you want at least to have the choice to leave, so to replace your income and have the choice to leave that job, then these eight things you need to be following, you need to be implementing to get yourself the passive income to have that choice in life to either stay or leave that job. So, number one is time management. Often people say to me, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough hours in my day to implement and do the tasks that I need to do to get success. So I would like to challenge that first of all. The one thing that really, really helped me was that I did a time allocation exercise. And I recommend that everyone listening in at the moment, it carries out a time allocation exercise. And what that involves is it take a period of, say, one week, two weeks out of your life and record everything that you're doing with your time down to the really small, minute details. You see, there is 24 hours in every day, 24 hours. And I know that most people actually waste a lot of time in their day, maybe without even realizing they're wasting the time. And anyone that I've ever met that's done a time allocation exercise... Their feedback to me afterwards is, I cannot believe how much time I was not using effectively. You need to be using your time on what Rob Moore calls IGTs, income generating tasks. So a lot of people say, yeah, but I'm in a job. I'm building somebody else's dream. I'm building somebody else's wealth. How can I do income generating tasks while I'm at work? Well, we're going to touch on some things you can do while at work but there's loads of time that you're not at work. Let's break it down really simply. There is 24 hours in every day, 24 hours, and there's seven days in every week. That means that there is 24 times seven. There's 168 hours in every week. Now, on average, most people work a 40-hour week. I know some people work more, but generally it's a 40-hour working week. If you work a 40-hour week, That means you've got 124 hours, 124 hours a week that you are not at work. That's 124 hours that you will sleep and also be able to do other stuff. Now, if you take eight hours a night for sleeping, that's times seven, that's 56 hours a week that you can sleep. 56 hours out of your 128 leaves you 72 free hours. Just use half of that, even a quarter of that, even less, and you'll have enough time to build your property business. In fact, all you really need is about eight hours a week to build your property business. Just eight hours a week. But it's about using those eight hours in the most effective way. Let's look at it a different way. Most people work five hours a week. There's two days Free every week for most people. Those two days are generally called a weekend. (laughs) But on that weekend, we have 52 of them in a year. 52 times 2 is 104 days. 104 days is over three months of the year, over three months. If you also took two hours every evening, so you get home from work, let's say it's 7 to 9 every evening, and you took two hours every evening, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's eight hours more a week. You can have Friday off. Eight hours is t- a typical working day. Times 52 weeks is another 52 days. That's another two months. So what I've just done there is shown you that you could have three months of your lot of your year is taken up by weekends. Two months of your year could be created by doing two hours a day, an evening in your property business. That's five months a year. Five months that you've got back out of your 12-month year. So do the time management exercise. Alloc- work out and allocate how much time you're spending on various things through your day. Maybe you could get up an hour earlier in the morning. Maybe you're, you could go to bed an hour later at night. Maybe you're, there's, there's too much time being used on watching television or sleeping. There will be places where you can gain some time. But it's not just important to gain that time, it's then important to use that time on income generating tasks, on tasks that will help you drive your property business forward. Even if it's just doing one task a day. If you could commit to one task a day, within 365 days, you will have moved your property business forward to a completely different place. So tip number one is time management, using your time. Moving on to tip number two is why not go to work one hour earlier in the morning and come home one hour later. Now, I did this when I was working in my job. So I was working 60 plus hours a week for Lang O'Rourke Construction Company and it was really, really long hours, but I was traveling to work and I was getting stuck in traffic going to work and stuck in traffic coming home. So what I did instead was I went to work an hour earlier in the morning and stayed an hour later in the evening So I got in before anybody else and I stayed after everyone went home. And I spent that hour at work doing property stuff. So I was away from my home, I was out of the home environment where I'd be watching TV, sleeping, whatever it may be. And I was focused on my property business, but in an office environment. But more importantly, I got to work early, meaning I beat the traffic. So I was coming in an hour earlier to work But it wasn't taking me as long to drive there because I beat traffic. And the very same thing was happening in the evening. Because I was leaving the office later, again, I was beating the traffic. So it wasn't taking me as long on my commute home. But something very interesting also happened. Because I was at work an hour earlier, I was the first person in the office. I was getting in even before my boss. My boss would arrive into work in the morning. He'd say, good morning, Kevin. In the evening, he would go home before me. He'd say, good night, Kevin. What interestingly happened was I started to be perceived as doing more work, putting in extra hours. Nobody ever checked the actual work content had increased. It was just the perception that I was. And I got better pay rises and better bonuses by showing up to work an hour earlier and staying an hour later than I had ever got while while going in on the normal time. Another interesting thing I noticed when I worked in a corporate office was a lot of people when they showed up for work in the morning, they'd spend a few minutes chatting at the coffee machine. They'd spend a few minutes at their desk looking at Sky News or Sky Sports or whatever it may be. And then they'd go for lunch and they might take an extended lunch. And all of that time... I, was, I wasn't doing any less work for my business, I was doing probably more work for them, but I was not spending time chatting to other work colleagues, um, having, spending too much time around the coffee machine, spending time on Sky News, Sky Sports, on the internet, surfing the web, any of that stuff. I was focused on solid working time for my company and then solid working time for my business, my property business. And Jim Rohn, I love Jim Rohn's stuff. Jim Rohn said, uh, a really famous quote that I love was, I'm working full-time on my job and part-time on my fortune, but soon I'll be working full-time on my fortune. And that was something I listened to and I kept in the back of my mind as I built my property business while I was still in my job. And it allowed me to not worry about things that, that used to slip into my head a little bit of, My work colleagues will think, am I being a bit strange because I'm not chatting to them as much as I used to and I'm not spending as much time around the coffee machine. But I had a bigger goal, a different vision now to get out of that job. I had a goal, a target, a date put in my diary for when I wanted to be out of there and nothing was going to stop me from getting there. The people, they may have been thinking, what's happened to Kevin? Oh, he's, he's, he's not spending as much time chatting to us. He's not having extended lunch breaks with us. You know, he's turning down the opportunity to come to lunch. But here's the thing. I got out of my job. They're still there. And they'll probably be there for years to come. If you want to get out of your job... You've got to do what most people aren't willing to do for a little bit of time, so you can spend the rest of your life living how most people can't. And maybe that means cutting out the Sky Sports in the morning at work and and the internet surfing. Maybe it means not spending as much time having coffee breaks with your work colleagues. Maybe it means not going for extended lunches with your work colleagues. Make sure that they're the things you cut out. Don't reduce the amount of work you do for your employer your employer is paying your wages. You need to make sure you deliver a high quality and high standard of work for your employer in the time that you're there and make sure that you put as much effort in as possible. There is enough free time in your day to build your property business without devaluing the amount of work that you do for the person who's paying your wages. So that's tip number two. Go to work an hour earlier in the morning, stay an hour later in the evenings. That would create you 10 hours a week to build your property business, that one tip alone. Tip number three is net timing. So on your way to work in the morning, on the tube, in the car, on the way home in the evening, while you're at work, if you possibly can, listen to podcasts. Maybe some of you are at work now listening to this. Maybe you're commuting to and from work listening to this. Listen to podcasts but don't just listen to podcasts. Listen to Audible. So get as much property knowledge, business knowledge as you can. There's loads of information on the internet, on podcasts, on Audible. If you are going to be surfing the web, make sure it's about property information. Maybe it's sourcing properties, marketing, doing some research on your area, but use the internet to research about property investing, property areas, tax laws, whatever it may be. So use your free time to build your knowledge around property. Listen to webinars in the evening, so investment webinars. Use your weekends and, and attend educational events around property. Any time you have where you can gain property knowledge in your spare time, networking events in the evenings. Spend as much time as you can building that property knowledge during your free time outside of your working hours or during your working hours, for instance, if you're sitting in an office at a computer, then have your headphones in. Listen to a really good property book, educational book. If you're in, a, in your car going to and from work, I used to listen to music. Now I'm always listening to podcasts, to audible, anything that's educational around property, I'll be listening to on my way to and from wherever I'm going to. But I used to do the very same thing to and from work in the mornings. So that's tip number three, knit timing, using your time to, to build your property knowledge. Tip number four, you can use your free time at work, the breaks, the lunch break, the morning break, the coffee breaks, all of that time to speak to estate agents, speak to letting agents, make some phone calls. You could book in viewings at lunchtime and then do the viewings in the evenings and weekends. Now, a lot of people used to say to me, It's a massive disadvantage having a job. But actually, you can turn everything to your advantage. You see, when I was in a job, I always wanted to get viewings direct to Vendor. Because if I can get a viewing direct to Vendor, I can meet the homeowner, find out whatever their problem is, and then structure a deal in the best possible way to solve their problem. Now, when I no longer have a job and I'm full-time in property, if I walk into an estate agent's today and try and book a viewing for this evening the agent's going to say, well, why can't you just go now or tomorrow, Kevin? Because you don't have a job, you've got free time. But when I was in my job, I used that as a reason to only be able to do evening viewings. So I'd ring up the agent from work in the middle of the day, and I'd ask if I could view a house in the evening. They'd say, oh, I'm really sorry, we're closed. And I say, look, I work long hours, six days a week. I don't have any free time during the day to do viewings. The only time I can do it is in the evening. And I would really, really, really like to see this house as I'm really interested. The only option the agent has then is to either work later themselves to do the viewing for you or allow you to do the viewing direct to the homeowner. In nine times out of 10 cases they will allow you to do the viewing directly with the homeowner. Now I'm not saying that you should cut the agent out of their commission but I'm absolutely saying it's a brilliant way to get a deal is to cut them out of the viewing, cut them out of the negotiation. You still always pay them But you want to be direct to Vindor, and having a job is a brilliant reason for for being able to go direct to Vindor because you cannot do daytime viewings. Arranging viewings is not the only thing that you can do at work, though. You could do lots of research around property. You could do marketing, so you could do lots of online marketing. That hour earlier that you come into work in the morning, you could place ads on Spare Room, on Gumtree, on local Facebook groups. You could do lots of online marketing to be promoting yourself as the local property problem person. Get that online marketing done while at work. The offline marketing, so the leaflets, the postcards, knocking on doors, all of that sort of stuff, you can then do in the evenings and weekends. So make sure you've got a clear plan on what you can do at work, what you can do on the way to work, what you can do in your breaks at work, on the way home from work, and then what you do in your spare time in the evenings and on weekends. See, one of the things that most people don't have is that clear plan of what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. Tip number five is could you reduce your hours? So I was working five days a week for Lange Rourke. Sometimes I'd work weekends as well, so like a Saturday or a Sunday. But on, generally, it was a five-day working week, long days, but five days a week. Now, in the role I was in, I was a quality manager in a, in a precast concrete factory. And my job, no matter what time I got in in the morning and what time I went home at night, because the factory ran 24 hours a day, I could never get ahead. And I knew that I needed some spare time. If I could replace a certain amount of my income, I could try and reduce my hours to three days a week. So I'd have some property income and then the rest of my income from my job would sustain me. So quite often if you, I see people, and let's say you've got a, a target or a take-home pay at the moment at £3,000 and you think, okay, I need to get to £3,000 a month in my property job before I can replace my income and leave my job. However, if you're on a £3,000 a month take-home pay, if you dropped your hours to three days a week from five days a week. That's 60% of your salary. But 60% of your salary is is £1,800 on a £3,000 take-home pay. However, it doesn't work like that. It's actually more. So you might, if you drop to three days a week, you wouldn't drop to £1,800. You'd probably drop to about 2100 2200 And the reason for that is because you're, you're paying less tax at the lower amount of days. That means what your target of three grand a month might be is actually I only need to get £1,000 a month. If I can get to £1,000 a month, I can reduce my working week from five days to three days. That then gives me, I'm still getting £3,000 a month, except I'm now getting 2000 from my job and 1000 from property but it allows me to free up two days a week to do more property stuff. Now, in my job, I knew that I couldn't apply for a three-day week and have it accepted because our company, I looked at the company policy. So, you will have a HR department and a lot of companies will have an online um, intranet or internet online where they can check out policies and procedures. If you don't have that in your company, you could speak to some work colleagues, that like speak to HR and ask, what's the opportunity to do a three-day week? And in our company policy, you could apply for a three-day week. Anybody could apply. However, it would only be accepted if you were in a role that was achievable three days a week. My problem in the role I was in as a quality manager in this precast factory was that there was no way that that role could be done three days a week. It was a five-day week job. So what I did instead, I pre-planned my exit and I applied for a different job within the same company. And I applied for a job as a regional auditor going around construction sites around the UK doing audits. Now, I knew that as an auditor traveling construction sites doing quality assessments on each site, that that was a job that could be done three days a week, unlike the job in the factory. So I spent about six to seven months in that job and then applied for my three-day week. So I done a two-step process to to move job initially within the company and then apply for the three-day week. Now, something to be very aware of is don't just apply for a three-day week because you think you need more time. See, here's the thing. If you are not currently using all the time that you've got available, what makes you think you're going to just use more time? Remember I said at the start of this podcast, every one of us have got 168 hours in a week. We're all the same. Richard Branson has got 400 companies. He's still only got 168 hours a week. You have 168 hours a week. I've got 168 hours a week. It is what we do with those hours that is important. If you are not making currently the most use of your 168 hours, if you're not using every single minute, what makes it you think that just by having two extra days free... Is going to make any difference. Make the most use of your free time and only once you're income generating that as much as possible should you be looking to reduce your working hours from five days to three days. Tip number six joint venture. Why not split tasks? Look for joint venture partners. A lot of the time in property, it's lonely. You're trying to do stuff on your own, you're building your business on your own and it can be very, very difficult. If you find a joint venture partner, somebody who's on the same journey as you, maybe at the same point as you, but they bring different skills, you can split the tasks. Splitting the tasks means you can move twice as quick. If two people are in full-time jobs and you've got eight hours a week spare each, 10 hours a week spare each, suddenly that's 16 to 20 hours a week where you can get much, much more stuff done. So joint venturing is A massive, massive opportunity to build your business with the support and help of somebody else who's on the same journey as you. Now, I know you might be listening and thinking, well, actually, I want to do this on my own. I want to own all the properties myself. But here's the thing you could want to own all the properties yourself. But 50% of something is way better than 100% of nothing. And you will move much quicker with a joint venture partner than you will trying to do things alone. Speaking of joint venture partners, maybe your joint venture partner is closer than you think. Maybe it is actually your life partner. So one of the things I did was I was working in Lang O'Rourke, as I said, and my wife was working in a care home. And she wasn't, at the time she was my girlfriend, we got married since, but um, she wasn't interested that much in property. But I was earning more money in my job than her. And I was spending my free time building my property business and she wanted me to spend my free time with her, as, as you do in a relationship. So I knew that what I had to do quickly was get her interested in property, number one, and number two, out of her job. So what I did initially was I focused on getting my, my partner out of her job first. So if you're in a relationship, maybe you want to do an exercise of which of the two of you earn the least money replace that salary first, and then free up that person's time. Get them then to do all of the tasks that you would be doing on evenings and weekends, they can then do during the day, during their hours. So my wife started taking on all the jobs of um, viewing properties, researching properties, marketing for properties, leaflet drops, um, tenant viewings. So once we had property secured, she'd meet the tenants, do the contracts, move the tenants in, find the furniture, plan the decorations, everything around the property business. So that our free time was then our free time. And my wife will tell you herself or anyone who ever meets her, she didn't really like property to start with. She seen it as something that was um, keeping us apart, but she actually fell in love with property because she's realized as we grew the business, we replaced both of our salaries, that it's freed up our time to allow us to today live the life that we want to live. So maybe... Whether your partner loves property or not, maybe there's an opportunity there to get them involved. And I mentioned about listening to podcasts and Audible in the car. That's what I used to do with my wife. As anywhere we travel somewhere, she'd listen to stuff in the car with me. That got her interest in property peaked and it got her subconsciously learning about property. So if you're listening and your partner is not 100% bought into property, there's an opportunity to subconsciously teach her Leave books lying around that are relating to business and property. Listen to stuff in the car. um, Get her involved in small tasks. But mainly focus on getting them out of their job first. You replace their income first, get them full time into property, and then look to replace yours. And now you've got a JV partner that's actually a life partner too. Tip number seven attend as many networking events as possible. There's a saying: Your network is your net worth, and it's absolutely true. You need to have a network. You need a power team, other property investors, um, other people who can support you on the journey. Whether that be builders, electricians, plumbers, etc. You need people around you to support you on the journey. Maybe it's joint venture partners who fund your deals, money lenders. But where do you network? How do you network? Don't necessarily. Just attend property networking events. Also attend business networking events. And quite often there's some networking events early in the morning before work starts, but generally most networking events are in the evening. So having a job shouldn't stop you from being able to attend those events. And quite often some of them are free to very, very little money to attend. When you attend the networking event to get the very best results, make sure that you're doing stuff in a specific strategic way. So at a lot of networking events, you get the opportunity to stand up and speak. Take that opportunity. Prepare what's called an elevator pitch. So an elevator pitch is, you don't want to bore people with random nonsense about who you are and about what you're trying to achieve and some dream you've got. But be very, very specific. So generally, you want to be very specific to sort of 20 seconds of your elevator pitch. And this should focus on the features and the benefits that you can bring to them if they were to say, lend money to you or joint venture with you. Now, you can do that by standing up in front of the entire room, or you could do that by speaking to them in the breaks. At a networking event, don't spend the entire break speaking to one person. Try and have a plan to get around the room and speak to everybody. So get in early and speak to, if there's 60 people in the room, try and speak to 20 before the meeting starts, 20 in the break and 20 at the end of the night your only aim at a networking event should be to try and get as many people's contact details as possible. Now, I often see people at networking events and they'll get a load of business cards and they'll start handing them out to everybody. Or they'll leave them at like a a key place in the room, like at the desk or something and watch the business cards disappear. Here's the thing, most people never ring you back. So your job at a networking event is not to give your details out. Your job is to get their details. You want to be leaving that room not having given away a load of your cards but having collected loads of other people's cards. And now here's the key bit. You collect the cards and then for the coming days you ring those people and ring them in your lunch break or ring them in the morning early or late at night. And don't worry about ringing people early in the morning. If you ring people early in the morning, what you're showing them is you are active, you're committed, and you're up and at your property business bright and early. Ring in the middle of the the day. Maybe they're thinking, oh, he's just woke up. Get on that phone early in the morning and speak to people. That one hour you show up for work early in the morning, start ringing those business cards talking to people, finding out what they want, what they're interested in, how you may be able to help them, how you may be able to collaborate and work together. So use those networking events to, in the best way, have a plan when you're going there. And the plan has to involve around speaking to as many people as possible and getting as many contact details as possible. And we're something that makes you stand out from the crowd. Progressive property are known for stripy shirts. If anybody's seen me or any of the other speakers at Progressive, you'll see us always wearing stripy shirts. And people always say, oh, they look a bit weird. Why do you wear them? But this is why we wear them. They get attention. They, they make you stand out in a crowd. So I don't love stripy shirts, but I do know that it works because it makes us stand out in the crowd and it makes us look different to everybody else. And people will talk about us. And in your property business, you want people talking about you. And finally, tip number eight, outsource. You can outsource pretty much 100% almost of your property business. Even if you don't have a full-time job, even if you're full-time in property, you want to be outsourcing stuff. So why not start by outsourcing it while you're in your job? You could get a virtual assistant. You could get a virtual assistant that's not even based in the UK, that's based in the, somewhere like the Philippines that will work for four or $500 a month and they can do pretty much all of your admin tasks for you, your bookkeeping, your replying to emails, your marketing, your phone calls to agents. They can do everything for you, saving you a massive amount of time in your week. They could do all of your marketing for you, But even if you don't get your virtual assistant to do your marketing, you could outsource your marketing to a company who can deliver all of your marketing for you. You give them what you want to do or your virtual assistant creates the leaflets, the brochures, the marketing material, and you give it to a marketing company to do the marketing for you. You can outsource the management of your property to letting agents. Letting agents can manage everything They can manage the tenants moving in, the tenants moving out. They can manage the build teams. They can manage all of the maintenance work for you. So you could outsource the entire property management to a letting agent, allowing you to focus on your job. But what about finding the property? Well, you could manage the finding of the property to to a property deal sourcer. Get a very good deal sourcer. You can find them at the networking events. Get a deal sourcer. They will source the deals for you. They'll give you the analysis of the deal. They'll even do all the research for you on the area to back up the fact that they think this is a good deal. They will not just do that for you though, but you can get sourcers who will deliver you their power team to do maybe a refurb for you. You can even pay the sourcer to manage the refurbishment and deliver the property through to completion of the refurbishment and the handing over to the letting agent who'll manage the property going forward for you completely outsourcing the process for you. If you are doing marketing and you've got phone calls coming in, you can outsource the answering of the phone calls. You can use companies to take the phone calls for you. You just give them a script. They will take all of your calls, answer the calls for you and then pass on the leads to you. Now, if you are doing this, if you do use a company to do your phone calls for you, I always recommend that you mystery shop that company because you don't know if they're going to be polite on the phone to your potential customers. You don't know if they're going to be um, asking the right questions, skipping any of the questions you require being asked. So always ring them up, pretending to be a vendor looking to sell their house and check to make sure that they're asking the right questions and they are polite and they're getting as much information as you require about that property to be able to deliver a potential deal. If you want to build your brand, you could also do this while still in a full-time job. You can do live feed videos. You could do like short two, three-minute videos in your lunch breaks, in the morning break, again, at the end of the day. You can start to build your social media presence. You could outsource all of your social media management to an outsourcing company again, and they can manage it all for you. So you've got very little of the social media to do. But use some spare time. Now, if you're in a job, you might be thinking, oh, well, I don't want to build a brand while I'm in a job. But maybe you could be the... the um the working investor, and build your brand about around about being an investor who also has a full-time job. People want to know that you can build your property business while in a full-time job. They will want to follow you because a lot of people are in those jobs right now. A lot of people listening are in full-time jobs looking to get out of that job. And sometimes when they hear somebody like me speak who's already out of their job, we're a little bit disconnected maybe because we've already left that job. While if you're in the listing today and you're in your job still, building your brand around getting out of my job, building my business while in my job, a lot of people will associate with that and will be interested in that. You've got a niche market there that you can help build your brand and show people the way out. I wish I had been doing a lot more live feeds, a lot more posting while I was still in my job. But a little bit in my head, I felt that people didn't want to know that I was still in a job, that I wasn't successful. But actually, if you've done a few property deals and you're still in a job, you are successful. And you have got a lot of stuff that you can share, a lot of stuff that you can help other people with that can help them on that journey out of that job as well. So there are my top eight tips on if you are currently in a job and you're looking to get out of that job or looking to build your property business whilst staying in that job. I hope you found that of value. And remember, the Progressive Property Podcast, it's out every Tuesday. It's on iTunes and Stitcher. You can subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you have so you don't miss any episodes. Make sure you follow Progressive Property on Facebook, the Progressive Property Community and. Um, you can follow me, my name, I'm Kevin MacDonald. You can follow me on on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, um, on Twitter. So make sure you're following me for various updates as well. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin MacDonald. You've been awesome.